Welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hi everyone, this is your host, Natalina with the Rise Up For You podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Really excited to speak with Brad Owen. He's going to be talking with us about having a new perspective when it comes to hiring for your company. I know there's a number of you guys out there that run your own small company and organization, and oftentimes you have to hire and make sure you are finding the right person, the right fit for your company. Brad talks about a new modern way of interviewing potential employees, ways to look for their attitudes, ways to see if they fit your mission before even jumping into the skill. And even more interestingly, how do you make your company look attractive so that people want to join your culture, so that people are excited and motivated to work for you? Again, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Please pass it on and share it. It's one that you do not want to miss. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Brad, thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise Up For You podcast. We always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guest. So go ahead and tell us about yourself and what it is that you do. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's awesome to be on here. I'm honored. So most importantly, I'm grateful to have a loving wife. I've got two kids under the age of five. Got a golden retriever, house in the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, aside from a white picket fence, it really doesn't get much more American dream than that. Uh, but you know, I'm really thankful that I can apply my skill set to make an impact in the space that I true, truly care about, and that's small businesses. That's why I'm here to talk to you. Great. So tell us, uh, we always like to uh, kind of learn more about the journey or the process um, of our guests because, as you know, there's a lot of growth that happens there and probably an incredible story. So tell us how you got into this field and then give us a little bit more information about um, where it's at today. Sure. Well, I started for a decade as an external recruiter, I was helping Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies hire talent. And they were hiring straight from people out of school, right through C-level talent. Like I did it all. And all across the country, every home, uh, every name of a product you've got in your home, I probably helped them find someone at some point. And it was a decade of beating my head against the wall, to be honest, because you've got these big companies that have been hiring in a way that you know, they have since the industrial age. And they feel like this is the best way. It's what we've always done it. This is what we're going to do. And you know, I started going to small business networking meetings around my area just to kind of get out of the house because doing this, you have to work from your home a lot. And you know, people started asking me questions, things like, how do you write a job description? How are you supposed to interview someone? How are you supposed to know that you found the right person for your organization? And I went, oh my gosh, this is something that's really needed. I can make a real impact here. So I started doing it for just a few people just to see what how viable this thing was. And one client in particular, I had a car wash, so a hand-dry car wash in the area who thought, you know, everyone in this area just, they don't want to work. They're not motivated. They come to work because it's a J-O-B. They don't really care about my business. And I said, well, go back to them and ask them these three questions. So I sent him a task and he came back after that meeting and said, oh my gosh, Brad, these people truly want to be here. They actually are invested. They want to learn all these different things, things I haven't taught them yet. They're totally motivated. I'm just not telling them the right things. And I went, oh, there's something here. And since then, I've been helping small businesses all across the country, really, just 
change their company culture and change the way they hire. And it just completely changes their business from the ground up. So it's a lot of fun. Okay. So I want to, this is a topic that we haven't had um, on the podcast yet, which I, so I really want to dive into it. And of course there's the hiring process that really um, makes an impact on the culture, but then there's also the maintaining the culture after the hiring, right? So we can go two different directions. I'd kind of like to hear a little bit about both. Um, you know, so let's, let's step back. If I'm a small business owner, let's say I'm expanding or I'm hiring, you know, where do I even start? I, I've, I've worked with a lot of organizations that really don't have anything. They just, uh, you know, the person comes in, then they talk with them a little bit. They really don't know what they're looking for or, you know, any interview questions or anything. So where do we start? Where do we begin? So this could be helpful first to talk about where traditional hiring, I think, is broken. So let's think about any other job that any of us has ever applied to, whether we're 16 years old or very first job or whatever. You go and you find this job description that's written online, right? And they, hey, we're hiring for this, and here's all the skills you have to have to be worthy of joining our organization, right? That's backwards. Why first would a company want to go out and put their list of demands in front of you? How excited does that get you about a job? Every single person that applies for that job goes, well, I hope I'm what they want. They don't go into that job applying to it saying, oh my gosh, I have to work here. I'll do whatever it takes. Mm. So that's where it's fundamentally broken at this point. So the thing that I always say at the end of my podcast is companies should be focusing on attracting, not hiring. And that's a mindset shift. So if you go about thinking about, all right, I need to hire a person for this specific thing. Well, why would they want to work there? That's good for you, but why would they want to work there? So I like to make sure that people focus on building a positive corporate culture. And that word scares a whole lot of people of, oh gosh, I don't know where to start. But, you know, for a culture, just think about what it means to you to have people interact with your brand, with your business. What kind of, you know, I've had someone describe it as a force field that people walk into and leave when they enter your business or interact with your business. How do you want it to feel to work there? You know, if someone comes into your work and they're, kids are doing some sort of soccer game or something else. Would you want your whole team to get excited about showing up to that soccer game? And would you want them to be a family environment? I mean, think about how exciting it would be for you to walk into an office place that everyone enjoys being in. Mm. Focus on creating that. You'll never have a talent problem ever. You'll have people beating down your door to work there. I don't care what sort of business you run. You will have people beating down your door. You know, it's so interesting because I was just talking to my older brother about this and he recently applied for a really um, top of the line organization, which I'm obviously I'm not going to mention on air, but it's uh, one of the, the, the largest um, companies in the world, top six. And he got the job and he actually denied it because he said that when he went into the interview, it was very, it felt very mechanical. It didn't feel like a positive culture. He was actually shocked because of the company that he applied for. He, I guess he thought that it was going to be a little bit more warm because they are so successful in what they do, but he was really turned off by the interview style and the climate that he denied. Um, he denied the position, which I think is it, it obviously it rings true to what you just said. Yeah. It's not surprising to me, to be honest. I mean, the tide is turning. If companies don't start jumping on board to hiring for attitude over skills, I mean, we live in an information era right now where it doesn't matter what you know or what you don't. Anything is out there available to you to learn within months. I mean, obviously, it depends on how um, how complicated this thing is. I mean, sure. if you're going to hire a brain surgeon, you probably want someone that has experience. But, you know, we've got people who list in their job ads how many years of experience you have to have. 
other than, you know, my pilots that's flying me across the country, I don't really care how many years they've been doing this thing. I care whether or not they're good at it and whether or not they fit in with my culture. So, mm. you know, there's a lot of different ways that people interview poorly. And, you know, it's talking about your, uh, that experience of going in and just having a very formulaic interview. Most people are focusing their interview on what can you do for us? And then as soon as the interview wraps up, they think, okay, they might be able a good fit for us. They don't focus on what's a good fit for them. So when I advise all of my clients, the very first and easiest thing that I say you can change about your process is your interview process. So most people go about it five minutes before an interview. They go to Google and they say, oh, let's see what questions I should ask. What's Google asking? Let me see. What are, what's Facebook asking? And they get all these questions like how many ping pong balls would fit in the 747? Who cares? doesn't matter. So I always tell my clients to use a form of interviewing that I actually came up with. It's called attributional interviewing. And through many, many years of research and reading a ton and you know my experience doing this for a decade with Fortune 500 companies, there are six different attributes that you need to focus on that will uh, you know, truly show you if they're a good long-term fit for your organization. Now, I don't think we have time to go through all of those, and I don't want to at this point because I feel like that'll just bore everyone. But I'll just say, go to yourinterviewguide.com. You can pick it up. It's a free guide. It'll completely change how you interview, and it'll change the people you end up hiring, too, for the better. So just, you know, out of curiosity, I guess, what is, you know, obviously besides changing the way that we're interviewing, what is the what, I guess the most important or the first thing that the person that's interviewing should do? Do you recommend asking about the person first or like how should they start the interview? Sure. Well, there, I typically suggest just a very short three-step kind of process. And this depends obviously how big your company is, but we're going to just assume for now that it's you or it's you and one or two people. So a three-step process. The very first process is a very first step is you get that resume in. You get someone applying to you. You become aware that there's someone that's open to your organization, whatever it is. At that moment right there, that candidate, that applicant, that person will never be more excited about your company. Think about what they went through. They're searching for all these jobs. They got excited about yours. They clicked send on their resume and they went to sleep that night. Oh man, I hope they call me, right? By the time they wake up in the morning or throughout that day, they're going to more and more get less and less excited. Think about the psychology behind this. That's actually, I got my degree in psychology. So the psychology behind this is you're protecting yourself. So as soon as you find out that someone doesn't want you, you immediately start tricking yourself into thinking, I don't want them. So the longer you go without contacting that applicant or whatever, the less likely they are to get it, to be excited about your job. So the very first step I would say is get on the phone with them as fast as possible. And to that, to that degree, you're probably calling from iPhone to iPhone or Android to iPhone. You have video capabilities. Use it. It's much harder for them to say no to a, a face than it is to a voice. So establish a personal connection as fast as you possibly can. That's going to give them the best picture of you. You're going to get the best picture of them. And I don't say that just because it's video and I said picture. Uh, I truly mean you're going to understand their attitude. You're going to understand the kind of person they are. Do they smile? Do they pay attention to what you're saying? Do they nod and listen attentively? attentively? I mean, that's a big part of this. So for the very first conversation, don't spend more than 15 minutes. Just get to know them as a person. Ask them why they're excited about your company, why they're excited about making an impact where your company makes an impact. So you'll understand their motivations and kind of right then you'll get their cultural fit immediately. And after that, you can move to the more uh, standard, hey, get them to lunch, bring them in person, have them meet the rest of the team. But the second step to this is always, I like to think of it as a cultural fit with the team. 
because the very first interview, you're going to talk to them, hey, are you a cultural fit? Yeah, kind of enough. Let's go ahead and move forward. The second step is a full-on cultural fit interview. And I never want it to be an interview. I want this to be some sort of social situation that shows your culture. Like, let's say you're an outdoors company and uh, you designate your interview day is Friday and you want to hire in two new people. Ask those two new people to come on a hike with you and the rest of the team. Just get to know them. Just figure out if they're going to fit with everyone. That's probably the most important thing you can do with hiring someone. You can teach them everything else they need to know, one, about your company, two, about the skills they need. So figure out if they're a good fit first. After you have these two more cultural fit interviews, then the third round interview can be a very, I say formal, more formal, sit down, whether it's a dinner, lunch, you guys in the office, whatever, and start talking about the specifics of the role. Make sure they understand what's going to be expected of them, the goals that you have in mind, the the types of things that you're going to want this person to do. But that's only after you've invested some serious time understanding if they're going to be a cultural fit. So where would you say the line is between finding the balance of the skill and then the attitude? You know, obviously there might be people that are tens in skill, but their attitude is just, you know, sucks, for example. And obviously you don't want to go that way, but people do sometimes. Or, you know, the opposite where maybe a skill is a five, but their attitude is a 10 and they're very learnable and they're hungry to grow. So where do you kind of find that balance? I mean, obviously, like you said, if you're a doctor, surgeon, okay, like we need the skill. But, you know, for some of these, you know, major organizations or companies that are looking for things that can be learned, you know, where do we find that middle ground? I would 100% always, 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 always side on attitude over skills. I have yet to find someone who isn't passionate enough, passionate enough about a certain company, a certain industry. If you find that person that would want nothing more than to sweep the floors at, I don't know, Coca-Cola, whatever company you can think of, would do want nothing more than to sweep the floors there, I don't care what job you're hiring them for, they will get the job done because they are so passionate about your organization, what you guys do, what you believe in, that they're going to do whatever it takes. I don't care how many years of schooling you've had, how many years of experience you've had. If you come in here, you know, bringing that skills as your, you know, your chip on your shoulder and you feel like you're lucky enough to have me, you're not going to fit in in my organization. If you want to come here and truly make an impact and truly make a difference in what I want to make a difference in and what this company believes in, you can be a fit. I will find a place for you. I'd much rather have that kind of person. But to your thought of you know, where's this line you truly have to think about you as a leader and what you're willing to, I don't want to put this in a negative way, but almost put up with, Invest, you know, you've got, yeah. you've got these, there are reference that I always use and people seem to, to understand is this football reference. You've got fantastic football players that are a just terror in the locker room. Right. And they get passed from team to team to team. And then all of a sudden they land on this one team and they just excel and they don't have seem to have a problem with them. And they seem to be, great with that person. So if you're the kind of leader that can deal with those kind of personalities, and that's actually a fun challenge for you, and you'd rather have someone with a great skill set that might be a little bit of a challenge, but you feel like you're the environment that can deal with that, then by all means, go for that. But that's just a, uh, you know, a leader by leader basis. You really have to know what you're willing to, uh, to train and what you're willing to allow into your culture. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I want to backtrack um, just a little bit in regards to, let's say, before the interview and actually looking at the application. So, you know, obviously, when you look at the application, you're really looking at the skill set because you don't know nothing about you don't know anything about the attitude. 
at what point do you make a decision as, you know, the employer, okay, should I just interview as many people as I can to see what the attitude is? Or is it really just, okay, if the application's great, then we move to the next step? So I, if I had my way, everyone would do away with resumes. I think they're terrible. I think they are everything you've done in the past. They say nothing about what you can do moving forward. They are one of the easiest ways for interviewers to start having cognitive bias towards any particular candidate. I mean, you know, if you look at a resume that has, I mean, let's just, one of the big things that these big companies do, they look immediately towards education. Did this person do a community college degree? Did they even go to college or did they have Harvard, right? That immediately is going to give you some sort of sense of who this person is. And it shouldn't. You've got people who haven't even gone to college who have successful businesses all over the place. That should mean nothing. But because you've looked at this resume, you immediately have a bias towards or against this person. So I think, honestly, if I was a small business, which I am, and this is how I actually hire in this business, I don't care about your resume. I don't want to see it. What I want you to do is send me an email or send me a video on YouTube if you want extra credit or whatever it is, (laughs) whatever you come up with as your extra credit or your homework. And tell me why it's important for you to be a part of a business that affects small businesses. And if I I don't, I will hire anyone that sends me that kind of message that says, this is why I'm so fired up about small business, because I'll find a place for you because I know you're going to put your heart and soul into my business. So when I'm advising small businesses, I say, move away from resumes as much as you can. In your job ad, state their little bit of homework. And then maybe even an extra credit assignment, like if you want to keep going on that route. So just say, I will not accept your resume. No resumes will be seen for this job. Instead, send me an email at this address with one to two sentences of why you want to work for this company, why it's important for you to work in an organization that has this impact in this area. And I think that'll tell you way more about a person than any resume can. I really, I really love that, that piece of advice. That's, that's a great tip. And, um, you know, I think you're right. I think that we'll hopefully we'll be able to see the movement in the next couple of years of tri- because you're absolutely right. There's people that do not have college degrees that um, don't have any formal education that are just completely de- genius and their intelligence kind of skyrockets beyond anyone that is a little bit more book smart. Again, depends on the field. Of course, like you said, if we're in the medical field, that's a different story. But there's plenty of entrepreneurs and creatives out there that can really excel a company um, that don't have a piece of paper with a major on it. Without a doubt. Yep. Agreed. Um, Thank you again so much for your time today, Brad. I'd love to jump into the power section of our interview. Can you tell us one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us? So wherever you go, there you are. It's by John Kabat-Zinn. I had a point in my life where I was so overwhelmed. I had so many things going on at so many different times. And with two kids under five, it really hasn't stopped. But this book has really allowed me to understand to live in the moment to really be here now, understand that all this other stuff that you're worrying about, it's still going to be there, but it doesn't matter right now. What matters is where you are and what you're doing currently. So uh, wherever you go, there you are is just a fantastic book to really bring this mindfulness mindset into real life. That's great. And what's one value that you've stuck by throughout your journey, a non-negotiable? I always plan tomorrow today. That is the best thing that's gotten me through. If I walk in in the morning and I'm having one of those mornings where I'm just like, eh, I'm not really feeling it. And there's nothing on my calendar or on my schedule, on my schedule, I find myself on YouTube or on Facebook for hours on end. 
But if I plan tomorrow today, I know I wake up no matter how I'm feeling, I've got all this to get done. So if I have a plan, I know I'm going to execute. So I always plan tomorrow today. I love that. And here at Rise Up For You, we always ask, if you only can leave the world with one final message, we call it the golden nugget, what would that be? You know, I could take this professionally and I could take this from a, a personal standpoint, but let's go professional. I think if you're ready to add someone to your team, take a look at your job ad or what you've written. If it reads more like a list of demands, reevaluate, reevaluate your ad. You should be selling your organization and why someone would want to work for you well ahead of any sort of list of demands that you have. So that's probably the best piece of golden advice that I could give you. Wonderful. And lastly, as you know, we're Rise Up For You. That's the podcast. That's the company. What does that mean when you hear the phrase rise up to you, rise up for you? For me, it means you owe it to yourself to try. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten to where I am right now if my wife hadn't sat me down at one point when I was going back and forth on, uh, do I want to do this? Do I really want to risk it? Do we really want to put all this on the line? We've got two young kids. Do I really want to try this? But she just told me, she said, you know what? It could fail. It could. But what if it doesn't? And had I not just tried something, just tried, put my whole heart and soul into something, I would have never gotten to where I am today. So if you're sitting there struggling whether or not if you should do this one thing or not, just try. The worst thing that can happen is you fail and you learn a lesson. But what if it doesn't? I love that. Brad, thank you again so much for joining us. How do we stay connected to you and how do we support you? So the best way to stay connected to me is at bradowens.com. That'll get you to my social media du jour. I have that pointed to whatever I'm most active on. It's Twitter where I'm at, Brad Owens. Um, and the best way to support me is really come out and listen to my podcast. Go to smallbusinesshiring.com. I'm out there talking to businesses that have been voted best place to work and just ask them how. We talk about their hiring strategies, their retention strategies, how they interview people. And I really want to learn what it takes to be a best place to work. So come on out. It's uh, smallbusinesshiring.com and you'll uh, be able to subscribe there. I love that. Thank you again so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been fun. Thank you again for joining the Rise Up For You podcast. Again, this is your host, Natalina. We want to make sure that outside of the podcast, you're still growing and always getting continuous knowledge and our six pillars. So we want to make sure that you head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com and take full advantage of the free resources and the benefits that we have there. We have articles and contributors from around the world. We have a number of other podcast episodes, webinars, and a ton of tools and strategies strategies and tips that are going to help you rise up to the next step professionally and personally. You can find us on every social media avenue. We're on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Rise Up For You. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Everything is at Rise Up For You, and we would love for you to join us. And definitely, you're going to want to head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, and get your free startup kit. We have compiled the top podcast interviews, the top webinars, and the top articles that fall in our six pillars. Plus a free startup guide, the six pillars to a prosperous life that's going to help you take that first step to really finding and building the life that you want professionally and personally. So again, if you head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you get access to that startup kit for free. And don't forget to share. Our main mission is to empower, educate, and connect women globally. And we need your help to do that. 
So please help us spread the word, spread the message, share our content, share what Rise Up For You is about, and help us help you and other women around the world. Thank you again for joining us. Rise Up For You. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.